Hello there, welcome to True Crap Pop, episode 9 of True Crap Pop, the search for the worst album ever made. It's part of the True Cult Pop podcast, a little spin-off show that I like to do. I, being Stephen Hill, hope you're right, hope you're good. I'm joined as ever by my host on this journey through bad things. They sound bad, really bad in this instance. Yep. Hello Sam, it's Sam Slight. Hey, hey, how are you doing, Steve? I am ready to invest all of my assets into the marketplace of bad music. I think you are. Venture capital, because these guys yes, are cunts. because yeah. these guys yeah, are yeah, the worst. fucking terrible. Yeah. So what we're doing uh, on this podcast, if you aren't aware, is, like I say, we're searching for the worst album ever made. Don't worry. It's not just stuff that we have gone, oh, I've got to be in my bonnet about that and I hate it. No, 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 no. These albums that we feature on the show are picked from their reputation, your suggestion, the critical standing, the fan reaction, some other thing that has made this a infamously bad record. That's why all of them are there. So, hey, you know, it's not us slagging off your favourite band. We don't hate your favourite band unless your favourite band are... This week's band, The Chainsmokers. We are going to be talking about Memories Do Not Open, the debut album from the US electronic duo released on the 7th of April 2017. Before we kick the shit out of this out, I've sort of spoiled this spoiler. week's show already. Yeah. Bit of a spoiler, <laughs> but this is bad, this record. Yeah. Um, before we get into why it's bad, let's do the top 20 Worst albums that we have done thus far. Final week in the top 20 for Sgt. Pepper's <laughs> Lonely Hearts Club Band original soundtrack at number 20. Bye-bye to that. Little Wayne, The Rebirth is next. Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice. Eog and Quig by Eog and Quig. Testify by Phil Collins. Graveyard Classics Volume 2 by Six Feet Under. Blood, Sweat and Towers by The Towers of London. Cut the Crap by The Clash. Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman. Philosophy of the World by The Shags. Asshole by Gene Simmons. Total Zanarchy by Little Zan. Paula by Robin Thicke, Methods of Mayhem self-titled debut album, Double Wide Bunkle Cracker, Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor, I'm Not a Fan But The Kids Like It by Broken Side, Concerto in True Minor by the True Symphonic Orchestra, Crazy Hits by The Crazy Frog is the second worst album, maybe. <laughs> and then My Teenage Dream Ended by Farah Abraham is there at number one. Those are the 20 worst albums that we have covered from... Obviously, only eight episodes on on this particular feed, but if you want to go back, you can listen to some of the other ones. No need. Uh, there's eighty don't or don't bother. I would say don't bother personally. Oh, but anyway, as I said, we're gonna talk this week about memories. Do not open by the Chainsmokers, the electronic music duo. Seventh of April, two thousand and seventeen. It came out. What a time to be alive! What a terrible. Mm terrible time to be alive before we get into that let's get one thing out of the way first before we start sam hey americans hate dance music don't they or yep. for years they hated electronic music they were like oh we'll never fall for that absolutely globally massive genre that everyone else in the world absolutely loves but then they did eventually kind of 20 years after everyone else has gone this type of music's interesting and mm -hmm. good and they fell for it quite hard but being America, they fell for their own, didn't fall for the good stuff. No. They fell for their own really awful version of it. They kind of tolerated the prodigy back in the day because they kind of felt more like a rock band. Mm -hmm. I think they liked Daft Punk because um, they probably because they looked cool or something, yep. but not very many 
electronic artists, EDM artists, really made the jump over to the US for a very, very long time. Paul Cascada. Paul Cascada, no. <laughs> they liked a bit of that stuff, but unfortunately, it's the the kind of the Skrillex, Marshmallow, Steve Aoki version of dance music that finally blew up mm. over there. And before we get started, I'm going to say, right, it's not like there aren't some great electronic music artists that have come from the States. Felix the Housecat, Frankie Knuckles, Jeff Mills. I'll even whack in Josh Wink for his big hit. There are. There are. It's just there from a very, very different time. The whole Chicago housing, late 70s, early 80s. Yes, excellent, right? Was all a bit of an underground thing, really, in the US and was more popular in Europe and the United Kingdom and was very influential in Europe and the United Kingdom. The US never really embraced that. And then we get to the 2010s where they do embrace EDM music and they get it quite badly wrong in my personal opinion yeah I mean of, of the artists you've uh, noted there like Stevie Oki uh, I've listened to bits and bobs of and I find it very very drab and quite uh, well I find it drab and quite dumbed down because I was going to say I uh would actually bat for Skrillex to some extent. I think, like, yeah, I don't hate Skrillex to be honest. No, I'd, I'd stop short of saying guilty pleasure, but it is a, a very dumb, kind of brash, obnoxious version of what was, you know, what came from dub and became dubstep and mm. then it became the Americanized version of it. But quite like that. But yeah, I think that seems to be the, <laughs> the common thread of the most popular US dance music, whether, it, whether you like it or not. And, you know, some of it, as I say, I think is quite good. It is a kind of. Yeah, a, a more simplified, in-your-face version. Mm. A bit like their version of The Office. A bit like that, very much like their version of The Office, which is, you know, not, not as good, as good no. unfortunately, and, and kind of misses the point entirely. And I think that's actually a very good comparison. That, that US dance music seemed to kind of entirely, for me, miss the point of what was good about the initial explosion of electronic music and dance music and rave culture here in the United Kingdom and across Europe back kind of 20 years before it happened and it became a sort of you know people who looked like Channing Tatum on Instagram you know drinking monster energy drinks and crushing cans against their head when you know the original like and being very aggressive in their sort of their, their cut off mm-hmm. sort of multicolored sleeveless tops on beaches um dropping hypno in girls drinks and then it was meant to be all kind of peace and love and loveliness mm. and a euphoric sort of coming together and gathering of society and not just like guys called chad head head butting <laughs> each other on a, around around spring break do you know what i mean which is sort of what it became which is a shame and that that's not to say that hasn't been what it's that isn't what it's become in the in europe and ibiza now is a different like you I don't want to go to... I would not ever dream of going to Ibiza. No. It sounds like hell to me. If I die and there is a hell and I have to go to hell, it probably will be Ibiza with uh, my ex-wife and her friends and is where a- I will spend all eternity. And I'll stop doing a DJ set. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, it, it, it's interesting what you say uh, about the kind of... I suppose, yeah, the excesses and the kind of uh, the less salubrious side of it being what has been taken on in the culture as well as the music of the Americanized version, because it does just strike me as they've taken the Daily Mail headline version of Rave and EDM from the 90s and actually made it everything that the, the moral panic said it was. 
Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that all the music is bad necessarily. No, like I said, I think not. Skrillex is, you know, I mean, as someone who sticks up for the path of totality by Korn, I can't really get too, like, and he's grumpy the, about the sort of American version of dubstep. Do you know well, what I mean? Well, and he's the best uh, featured artist on that. I think, like, his mm. songs stand head and shoulder above everything else on that album. And actually, I think uh, both of Skrillex albums this year are actually pretty bloody good. I mean, there's that song Rubbly did with Flowdown, which, I mean, that's, you know, hole in one for me, isn't it? He's coming back in. He's playing Reading yeah. next year. Yeah, Skrillex. Yeah, look, you know, no real beef with Skrillex. I just, like, for me, the thing is, I like a lot of that very, very trashy Euro dance stuff, as we'll mm-hmm. probably get into in a minute. But I think there was, all of that always felt like it was about this almost kind of blindly dumb feeling of loveliness. Yes. Almost like a sort of, like, it, it's kind of like a, a thick dog. You know what I mean? That, that type of music. It's like, oh, everything's brilliant and we're all in love and everything's great. And you are like, we've well, hugely oversimplified life there, mm-hmm. haven't you? European dance music. But at least it's nice where I think with a lot of the American stuff, it, yeah, as we're about to get into, mm. I think there's a bit of a kind of like quite a mean streak to it, which I don't think is very yep. befitting of this style of music. But anyway, we'll get into that when we start talking about the Chainsmokers. Here they come. The Chainsmokers, who are, Sam, who are the Chainsmokers? Well, let's find out. The Chainsmokers are, according to their Wikipedia page, Andrew Drew Taggart and Alexander Alex Paul. What imaginative (laughs) nicknames they've given themselves there. Uh, Up till two in the morning. Hey. Sleepless nights with that. Yeah. Hey, we need a cool nickname. They literally, that is what it says on their Wikipedia page. The first thing is the Chainsmokers are, and then... Alexander, call me Alex. <laughs> Alex to my friends. Oh, Alex to my mates. Just call me Alex. Actually, that's not a nickname. That's not George, George Corpse Grinder Fisher. <laughs> yes. That's a fucking. That's a nickname, mate. If your name's Alexander and you go, oh, people call me Alex. Oh, do they? Oh my god, that's so nutty. Oh god, but there's a funny story behind <laughs> that. Mad you. I wonder what the funny story behind Andrew Drew Taggart is. What do you think it is? Ooh, I, oh, I it's the last. Think. I think it'd be too it's much the fun. last four letters of his six-lettered name. Yeah. Name, yeah. It's like how you get by oh. Stephen brackets Steve Hill. I know. Yeah. You are mental. You are. I know. Sam. That's just Sam. It doesn't work with my Samuel. Life. Samuel. Sam. Slight. <laughs> <laughs> the party's arrived, guys. Don't call him Samuel. Call him Sam. He's a party girl. I've got a hat that says, I know how to work hard, but I know how to play hard. Mm. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I did see that. And I, even this before I even put their music on, I looked at their Wikipedia page. And I saw that and I, I, I don't know what it was, because you might be sitting there going, come on. It's just them saying, you know, like we like to be called this, you know, our shortened version of our full name. Maybe. But I hated them immediately. Mm. I in the, I read that and I went, oh, I fucking hate you. I felt silly about the, the title of this album because it's memories do not open, but they haven't actually done the ellipsis properly. It's just two full stops. Yeah. Pathetic. I mean... Shortened that, yeah. haven't you? Shortened it. And, I mean, look, look, their Wikipedia page, it starts, the Chainsmokers is an electronic and DJ production duo consisting of Alexander Alex Paul and Andrew Drew Taggart. That's as much as I needed to be like, you fucking couple of utter worthless pricks. I hate you. Pair Without hearing a note of their music. Mm. Without hearing a note of their music. Now, maybe I'm just really judgmental, Sam. 
maybe I'm just really judgmental. Not for me to But say. also, not for, not for either. We could, you know, we could debate whether or not that is a judgmental thing to do for hours and hours and hours. Couldn't we could have a sit down and have a long conversation about the rights and wrongs of feeling like that. Mm-hmm. But what I would say in my defense is whether or not you think I am judgmental or not, I was right to feel about that. Now I have yeah. looked into it. My initial reaction was correct. So, you know, yeah, there we go. Um, anyway, there they are. Bloody, we'll, we'll call them, we'll call them Drew and Alex from now on since we're on sort of buddy terms with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Who are these two little chaps? Well, how, and how did they get together? Well, it's the classic rock and roll story, isn't it, Sam? Mm-hmm. It's the classic rock and roll story that we've heard a million times before about how truly great artists get together. Yeah. One of them was a student studying art history and music business at New York University, and the other was an intern at Interscope Records. I think that's also how The Clash formed. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Tony yeah. Naomi lost his fingers at Interscope, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, as Threshing an intern. records, and he was just like, oh, bloody hell, oh dear. Yeah. That's it, Henry Rollins uh, got on stage with Black Flag when he was studying art, uh, art history and music business at uh, New York University. Mm. So, Working yeah. Working on a I mean, I... campaign for McDonald's um, little, you know, I'm loving it jingle. <laughs> Yeah. Great days, great yeah. days. And it was a uh, Saatchi and Saatchi. I, was, <laughs> I, I loved my job at Saatchi. I met Greg Ginn when we were both studying marketing and working for Saatchi, <laughs> for Saatchi and Saatchi. Joe Lally Fucking... met uh, Brendan Canty at Damien Hurst's wine mixer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're just too, like, again, again, we're just, we're just kind of, a little spoonful of cretinousness. Mm. Cretinousness? Is that a word? I don't think that's a word. Cretinuity we'll go with. Cretinuity, yeah. I feel so, like that, that feels like a business term. You could have that in a Blue Sky meeting. You could, definitely. So you've got the nicknames. Oh, these two are pricks. Oh, <laughs> they met in what, interning at record labels and working. Oh, they're pricks. Anything else to add to the prick soup that we're going to be adding well yeah there is something else as well there is even else. before they were formed as a band they were they had a management they had management mm. individually before they'd even formed as a band uh they were managed by a guy called adam albert who uh, i did a bit of digging and apparently he did a ted talk and this is something I think that we'd all be interested in. I can't actually find the TED Talk, unfortunately. But he did a TED Talk on, and I quote, applying stoic virtues to entrepreneurship. Fucking Rock and roll, me. dude. <laughs> Rock and roll. It's We're hardcore, man. Yeah. Fun house. Fucking applying stoic virtues to entrepreneurship. You'd, you'd, you'd set... I, you, you should be legally allowed to set fire to anyone who says who thinks that's interesting, shouldn't you? A man Just pour like, petrol on them, yeah. chuck a match on them, watch their worthless flesh melt in front of their eyes, and then go, oh, help, help, I was going to rebrand it. I need to set up, I'm setting up a, a new collective of my... Ah. Rubbish. Yeah. Rubbish. Worthless business talk fucking nonsense who 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 wants to be who wants to listen to that shit 
unbelievable i think business motivational speakers uh, would exist in the same circle of hell as people who go on like tiktok or instagram or whatever and call themselves pickup artists which is basically touching up women yeah yeah pretty mm. much the same and i think that that might be um a through line throughout the rest of this episode it might be mm. yeah it might be so uh applying stoic virtues to entrepreneurship was, we've all done uh, it We've all done it, haven't yeah. we? I mean, that is the thing, is that, you know... Can't move for stoicism in uh, in my office. <laughs> <laughs> and I work in a pub. Yeah, that's the worst of it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fuck it. I mean, just, it's just... Without even... Bef- this is before they've even formed. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate them so much. Well, one, uh, I don't know if you were going to bring it up, but one little thing I did see, which I would imagine might have been prior to them having their own private management as uh, as young men, as we all do. We've all done it. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget which one it is. I don't know if it's Drew or if it's Lexi. Don't care. But uh, one of the two of them managed to convince their parents to take them out of school for a semester during their, their senior year, man. Uh, to go and live in Argentina, and I believe that the argument they used to convince them was, "I think it'd be good fun for me." So it comes from, and hey, look, a vast amount of wealth is not inherently a bad thing. I mean, no, all the people that have it are awful, but it's not necessarily <laughs> a bad thing. Um, no, but if you are in a position where your parents can take you out of school and send you to live in a different country for however many months, it's like, yeah, you do just seem like a prick. And you did it just because you wanted to. Mom, mom, I don't want to go to school anymore, mom. Mom, I discovered Steve Aoki, man. Mom, mom, dad, let me go to Argentina, dad. Oh, God, I don't want to go to school, dad. I want to make electronic music like Marshmallow, dad. That's not fair, dad. It's not fair. I want to go. Oh, okay, son, you can. Okay, Drew. And I'm call... Okay, Alexander. Don't call me Alexander. Call me Alex. It's my cool nickname. Oh, God, you just sound like a fucking horrible little brat prick i'd have sent him to columbia <laughs> to get tr- human trafficked with a fucking pound of coke up his ass that's what yeah. i'd do if i had loads of money and a child and I, like and that I, and i and i don't by the way patreon.com forward slash <laughs> Cop pop um if i had loads of money and i had a child i would honestly and, <laughs> and they ended up like that i would be so ashamed mm. that i would just I, like, I honestly i it's so 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 horrible like i think it's just I, I just cannot understand why you would want your child to grow up like that I, I, did you ever watch that show i think we talked about before my sweet 16th birthday or whatever it's called oh, on mtv God, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where they make where they just let like obnoxious children have this disgusting unbelievably lavish birthday, yeah. yeah birthday party Oh my god! Oh, the worst. It's like, oh, I just—you should be made to clean chimneys. Yeah. If they invent time travel, I would. You want to take those kids back and make them clean fucking chimneys in the Victorian era? Mm. Like, God, God, the worst little bastard. So yeah. So there you go. Before the chain smokers have even formed, I just hate them as people. Mm-hmm. And I dare say you do too, Sam, clearly. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Hey, we're probably just jealous. Right? I'm, I'm going to preempt anyone who goes, you're <laughs> just jealous. You're just jealous because you didn't get to go to Argentina and not go to school. I'm not. I'm not jealous of that. 
Um, but you are jealous of Saddam Hussein's Golden Palace. I am massively <laughs> jealous of yeah. Saddam. Oh, look at Hitler's car! I wish I had. Oh, I don't hit. I don't like Hitler. Oh, you're just jealous of his, of his nice car. Yeah, that's what it is. That's definitely what it is. Oh, anyway, never conquered an empire. You're just jealous of Genghis Khan. You don't <laughs> yeah, even yeah. know him. You don't know what he was like. You don't know what he's like. He just like, he's got a nice hat that you wish yeah. you could afford and you can't. Genghis um, or Jenny to his friends. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Anyway, the pair started making electronic music together, remixing the tunes of indie bands, but not good indie bands like Pulp, terrible ones like Daughter, who I have never actually heard before. I'm going to say they're terrible, just to fit the narrative of this, <laughs> uh, of this podcast. Yes. Um, they settled on the name, the Chainsmokers. Uh, according to Pal, which is one of them, he said at the time of conception, it was. It was totally just like I was in college. You know, I enjoyed smoking weed. And you know, it was such like, uh, yeah, the domain's open. I don't have any like underscores. I think there's a really good reason to call your band mm, the Chainsmokers. Yeah. I think that's a really articulate, brilliant reason yeah. to, to name your band. Like when um, Steve Albini uh, came up with the name Big Black, he wasn't thinking about the kind of the ideas of this anxiety and this overwhelming depression and the kind of darkness of the human soul. He thought, oh no. No one's trademarked that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah, want yeah. something. The most important thing, if you're going to, the most important thing that you want when you're trying to represent your creative process and your art is the cheapest domain name mm. possible. Mm, mm. Good reason. Um, it was the 29th of January 2014 where the band released their first single, Hashtag Selfie, it was called, and it went fucking boom. Massive for them. Big hit. And the thing about Hashtag Selfie, the song, is that it's multi-layered in many ways, Sam. Because Ooh. not only is it a terrible, terrible song, it's also really horrible as well. Oh. So they're working on two different levels. I don't know if you've ever seen the video, if you remember the video for the song Hashtag Selfie, or you listen to Hashtag Selfie in the build-up to this? I don't, and I'll be honest, mate, because I have ended up listening to this album more times than I would have cared to. I have not gone any further. Well, once? Uh, well, yeah, that is, yeah. That would be more than I wanted to listen to it, but no, I've listened to this album far too many times, so sorry, I haven't listened to any more Chainsmokers, and guess what? I'm probably not going to. Well, let me fill you in. Let me fill you in. The Please video do. is of two attractive girls in a nightclub toilet just being very, very vacuous, going, oh, I put, a, oh, oh, I need to put this lipstick on. Oh, I'm going to choose this filter. Like, oh, did you see that Josh was looking at another girl? And they goes, shall we take a selfie? Um, David Hasselhoff's in it for some reason. Meme. Well, I know, so, what, the re I know yeah. what the reason is. It's lol, it's the man from Baywatch. Yes. The song is obnoxious and is very, very mean-spirited. And it just proves what I was saying earlier on, that, you know, dance music is far harder to get right than the people who give it lots of shit and give it no kind of credit as a, a kind of, as an artistic medium, if you like. It's a lot harder to get right than I think people give it a lot of credit for. Because this gets dance music so, so so badly wrong that thing that i was saying about the euro dance stuff from the kind of you know the the early 90s probably through well yeah even through to the kind of mid 2000s right yeah a lot of it's shit right a lot of it is just like total throwaway puff piece meaningless 
crap, right? But there's a charm to it, I think, because it is just meant to be, hey, look, let's make this uplifting, silly, kind of joyous, brainlessly positive music. Whereas this is sneering and it's trashy and it's hateful mm-hmm. and it's aggressive and it's bordering on, I would say, quite misogynistic in a very, very unlikable way. The kind of implication is, is oh, aren't girls thick idiots? Yeah. Aren't girls stupid idiots? Aren't they brainless, like, just surface level, vacuous morons? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at them taking a selfie. <laughs> and in the video, there's loads of people and loads of selfies and it's all just like, cut between this sort of bathroom scene of these girls like nattering on about nothing and it's big and it's dumb and it's stupid but it's you know there's also there's something quite there's something quite horrible about it it's like that's your audience and you are essentially saying you're thick Mm. you're thick useless idiots which coming from the chain smokers (laughs) it's a bit fucking rich it's a bit fucking rich rich right Still, went platinum in the US. <sighs> cool. Fuck's sake. Right, good. Um, and the ambition that the band had in the aftermath of that, you can't understate that, mate. I mean, at least what I will say for the Chainsmokers is I think it, it's, this is the point where they found some sort of purpose as a band. right? Because you know how sort of Rage Against the Machine formed mm-hmm. with the idea of sort of like our, our music, or the MC5 and the Clash, who I mentioned before, all had this strong reason for going, we as a band want to communicate our ideas and communicate our feelings towards the injustices of the world. That's mm. the reason to form a band. System of a Down have done a similar. There are, lo- there are many bands with many reasons to that the, the exist for over the years. The Chainsmokers were interviewed by Yahoo and they said this, we want to set the world record for the biggest group selfie ever taken. Most simultaneous selfies, biggest group selfie. We're pretty much going to be the biggest rock stars when it comes to selfies. Oh, Icarus, <laughs> why doth thy fly so close to the sun? <sighs> I mean, that's a more eloquent response than I've got to that, which is, you pair of fucking cunts. You've just <laughs> released this song and this... Uh, by all accounts, incredibly vile video about how vacuous and pointless it is to take a selfie, and now you want to do that, you absolute fucking cunts. It is, it's properly like, it's properly like, oh, let's make this song, and it'll just be like kind of taking a piss out of stupid girls who take stupid selfies because they're stupid idiots. Mm. And they've sold loads of records, and they're like, "What? No, we love selfies. No, 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 no. You got nah, us all wrong. We love that. selfies. Yeah. We absolutely love selfies. We want to be the biggest. Now, we, now, now, the idea of now all those people that we were like sneering at in our song mm. actually like it, and uh, maybe are a bit too dense to realise that it is meant to be taking the piss out of them. Oh no, 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 no. Mm. We we love self. No, no, we love selfies." We love selfies. They're brilliant. Yeah. You fucking absolute flip-flopping dickheads. Oh, It's a shame that the Chainsmokers was the domain name available because surely they should have been called the Gaslighters. <laughs> yeah, that would have been much better. Yeah. Um, they signed, they released that, that song on Steve Aoki's Dim Mac Records. Geezer used to be in a hardcore band. He toured with Envy. 
<laughs> sort your fucking life out, Steve yeah. Aoki. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then they went off after that, after that success, and released a load of singles that made them more and more and more of a big deal. We get to 2016, they released a song Closer with Halsey, which was a number one in the UK and the US. I don't actually remember that song, actually, but it is very different from mm. the high-energy sound of Selfie, which I think we will get to, that kind of change in sound, uh, that more kind of piano, moribund, sort of morbid mm low energy sounding thing that they they do here mm. also in 2016 i mean i was saying they weren't political oh well, they, they 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 can get political when they need were they to. uh joining in with the rallies to free mumia abdul jabbar uh no they oh, uh were, they denounced... were, were they um denouncing the um uh netanyahu's israeli state well, no, not quite. Uh, they said one, one more guess. Okay. Were they uh, vociferously campaigning for Remain here in the UK? No, they weren't doing that either. Oh, okay. They, they, but they did denounce Donald Trump on stage at the Ultra Music Festival in Miami, oh. which I think probably what explains brave and unique why he got in. So one of them, whichever the singer is, I can't remember which one it is, said, "This is his. This is his." his anti-Donald Trump rant, which they actually went back on the next day. Right. They put on Instagram, last night we denounced Donald Trump and we... Sorry about that. We, we, you know, it's our right to do that and everyone has the right. And if you have the right to vote for whoever you want to vote for. So basically just went, oh, well, that's what we think, but like, oh, you think what you want. Yeah. You know, fine. Yeah, fine. Okay, you crack on, lads. This is what he said. I'm just going to say, do not support Donald Trump. That's it. That's Whoa. not me saying that's it either. He says that's it. <laughs> that's it. Powerful stuff. Mm. I'm sure you'll agree, Sam. A great orator there Ooh. is uh, Alex. Is it Alex? I think Alex is the same. No, it's it's Drew. Uh, it's well. Andrew Drew Taggart. Good old I Drew. Couldn't get such a fuck. Drew. Such. A, that's why they call him Drew, isn't it? That's why they've shortened his name because yeah. he says edgy, cool things like "I'm just going to say, don't support Donald Trump." That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No reason. No, like, feelings about what was going on. And a load of people went, you can't say that. And they went, oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, we can't say that. <laughs> I'm rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun. These people ain't seen a brown-skinned man since their grandparents bought one. And that's fine, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I didn't mean it. Oh, no, we'll take that off the album, shall we? <laughs> similar. 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 Very similar. So there was that. Uh, in 2017, they released a single, Paris, which was the first single from this album, which is also really quite awful. Mm. Uh, we were staying in Paris to get away from your parents out on the terrace. Yeah. Those are the lyrics. Uh, good. I watched the video for the song Paris because I thought to uh. myself, oh, I bet, it, I bet it'll be quite funny. Don't know if you watched this, Sam. Nope. No, Sorry. why would you? <laughs> no, no. I would say I've done the bare this minimum, is... but I have listened to this album about seven times, Steve. <laughs> have you really? Yeah, I have. Fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, I watched the video for it, um, but I flicked through it basically because I thought the video might be funny, but it's not. Basically, mm. it's hand-scrawled lyrics coming up on the screen as they come along because those lyrics need to be read and yeah. heard, yeah, like yeah, the poetry yeah. they are. Mm. I mm. went to Paris and I got a crepe and it was good and now I'm all messed up and you don't love me. I end. think you're right. o overstating the importance mm. of Paris in the song Paris there, Steve, by even introducing some kind of French cuisine. 
Yes, I am. Because in the video, the girl is on a beach with palm trees around her, yeah. swimming in the sea. Yeah. And it looks like Barbados or seashells. In no, no. I was sort of looking at it, I was going, what part of Paris is this? It's just down the road from the Arc de Triomphe. Yeah, yeah. not that big, massive, palm tree laden kind of Caribbean island yeah. in the middle of Paris. Don't call your song Paris. Well, no, call your song Paris. That's fine. But are you that fucking stupid that you go, oh, we went to Paris. Actually, we went, we did go to Paris and we looked at it and we thought, this doesn't make a great video. So mm-hmm. we'll film it somewhere else and it'll just be a girl swimming in the ocean in the Caribbean. But we'll still call the song Paris. Why? Well. I mean, when we get to our thoughts on the album, I think there will be some more significant literary analysis, um, as Mm. as in my want. But uh, I will just say that the song Paris, um, the framing of the song being about this trip away, and I think coupled with the video, to me, it just feels like it's left as an an aside or it's trying to get an alibi in early before some sort of allegations come across. (laughs) We we were staying in Paris, (laughs) so it's fine. So it couldn't have been me because we were staying in Paris. We were staying in Paris, and that's what my lawyers told me to say. Yeah the end um the second single from the album uh, they played this live at the brits with coldplay in 2017 oh brilliant something just like this Mm -hmm. the song is called and yeah they played it at the brits in 2017 and i watched the incredibly dull performance um it actually had subtitles on the version that i watched and the (laughs) subtitle started with when the song started the subtitle said slow upbeat music plays (laughs) I, I thought you were like, going to say tentative applause. <laughs> I'd like my subtitles to be slightly more accurate than that. Yes. Yeah. Just say weedy load of shit plays yeah. would yeah. have been much better. Yeah. With some There's a point. Of the worst lyrics I've heard in many years. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't really have any actual beef with Coldplay. I think they're rubbish now. Mm. I think they're doing, you know, you know how much I like you too. Yep. They've been rubbish for ages. Yeah. But I still say I like them. So I do always kind of go, yeah, well, look, Coldplay are rubbish now. But there was a time where Coldplay were could we were writing good songs. Mm. So I've got no real beef with Coldplay. What I would say is Coldplay in 2017 are not very interesting. But this performance with the Chainsmokers, there's a point where Chris Martin jumps into the crowd in the Brits and sort of everyone goes ah, around yeah. him. And I was like, fucking hell. The Chainsmokers have made Chris Martin from Coldplay look like HR from Bad Brains. <laughs> that is how boring they are. 2017, Chris Martin, wearing his, like, you know, shiny sort of pink ladies jacket, mm. jumping in the crowd, and it's like, this is now become, you know, like CBGBs in 1978. Like live in a dive. Yeah, compared with, like, two men with the same name. And the same face just sort of stood, stood behind <laughs> like a mixing desk, like looking at the floor. <laughs> They're fuck it. It's, I was like, bloody hell. When Coldplay are making you seem 50 times more interesting, mm. Coldplay 2017 are making you seem 50 times more interesting. That's not good. No. That's no. not good, is it? Um, so anyway, that was uh, that happened, and then they um, they basically announced. I think it was on uh, some kind of red carpet for the Grammys. 
they announced that their album i mean even the way they announced that this album was going to come out it's pathetic on the red carpet at the Grammys, and one of them went, oh yeah, it's going to be called that. And the other one went, no, no, you're not supposed to say anything. The record label won't let us say anything yet. Ooh. It's like, you're such like, just corporate, horrible, boring, corporate shills, aren't you? No, the record label hasn't said that we're allowed to say that our album's called that yet, and it's going to be coming out. Like, mate, you've accidentally said it, yeah. whatever. Yeah, just, live with it like obviously you just go oh well we weren't probably weren't supposed to say it, but whatever yes but they're like oh god oh i hope we don't get <laughs> we don't have to do, have a meeting with management and talk about how that's changed the strategy for our marketing our marketing budget's gonna change like oh god i just i just don't i just i can't bear these people i cannot bear these fucking people yep You'd cross the uh, road to avoid them, wouldn't you? They just seem like the fucking wettest fucking little wankers, don't they? They, yeah, they really do. Yeah. They really, really do. I don't know what happened from selfie where they're like, because you know that selfie video. They're like on this. There's a bit where they go, hey, "You want to be in the Chainsmokers video?" And they're on the, like stood on the decks, like doing shots and stuff. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, what up?" Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Chain Drew and what's the other one's name? Alex. Alex and Drunken Night Out with Steve Aoki <laughs> Shocker. Assistant Fucking... to the original Interscope management. Yeah. And they've changed from that within three years. They're like, oh, God. Oh, my profit hey. margins. Oh. <laughs> Fucking. My venture capital firm's only made a million pounds this month. <laughs> <laughs> They're the worst. Yeah. They're just the worst. Um, so anyway, the album comes out, basically. Like, <laughs> I, I was, you said to me something about them launching it at some sort of Microsoft event or something. Oh, no. So the only thing I knew about the Chainsmokers prior to this is that they appear at, like, Microsoft launch events. They are the background music for people who are like, oh, I like a bit of dance, but oh, I don't want it to actually make me feel anything. I just want to look yeah. at the new, the new Xbox or the new iPhone that's coming out or whatever. That does feel like what they are. Yeah. So let's have a look at the reviews for what people said about it, because I think this gives you some indication as to why it's here. Mm -hmm. Pitchfork gave it 4.2, saying, despite the preponderance of sad piano across the album, the Chainsmokers remain preening Arima hams who make videos that look like Maxim spreads. And that, as much as anything, is why they're so popular. The regret that's baked into their tired of winning debut has as much to do with the ennui gnawing at the heart of modern culture as it does any of the time-worn traditions of teenage kicks, star-crossed lovers, and spring break blackout episodes beneath its shiny veneer memories do not open is a pandora's box of self-loathing that to use their vernacular also wants to be really fucking meaningful rolling stone gave it two out of five saying riddled with resentment and lyrics that land with a self-serious thud memories is a stunningly drab record for the most part songs put along at a strenuously mid-tempo pace and are mostly lacking in any sonic detail that re would reward closer listen the observer gave it two out of five as well, uh, saying, if the Chainsmokers know anything, it's that no one ever died from hearing a chorus too often. It's why the American duo were the only bulwark against an all in UK top ten last month. This debut doesn't dare vary their formula. Instantly memorable, yet completely forgettable music, with all the personality and passion of an invoice. The female <laughs> singers all sound like a seer vocal guide for Rihanna. The men mostly simper, shallow, emo, EDM cliches about failing relationships. Eventually, everything sounds the same. The more you hear, the lesser is to listen to. 
This is Trump pop. Oh, they won't like that. Or will they? Who knows? Shallow, always betraying its influences with a third grade vocabulary and ambition that runs no further than emptying the nearest wallet. Spin gave it three out of ten and said, Memories Do Not Open is the first album by the Chainsmokers released amid their totalitarian reign. And whether the album's title was a plea or a warning does not matter as the effect is the same. The Chainsmokers have one song and if you don't want to hear 12 versions of it, please do not unclick the latch holding this box closed. The one song is that same sort of morose piano ballad refashioned for whatever wave of EDM we're currently in. The one where the drops are more often like coos into your ear than bashes over your head. Some people call this future bass I don't know. USA Today did a review of the album titled, Is This the Worst Album of 2017? Before going on to say, the Chainsmokers opted to make the least funky album imaginable. A moody collection of tracks that stick to the same white bread sonic cues, touches of piano and or acoustic strums, segueing into an avicii light drop. For an album called Memories, it's faceless and forgettable. While their peers make music for late night dance floors, the Chainsmokers made an album of background music for the Uber ride home. I also found this review on Metacricket, Metacritic, Metacritic, I should say. Metacritic. Metacritic. That's uh, Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio. Yeah, 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 it is, yeah. And uh, it's by a girl called Militomi19, who gave the record zero. Oh, I like you already, I feel like... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like I need to read this in an Italian accent because it sounds. <laughs> really, it, it, it reads. He says, "I paid twelve dollars for this. It's just like they remix the same song over and over. I'm so mad. I'm gonna give this record to the dumber person in the world. Yes, it's for you, Mr. Trump. I want my money back." <laughs> He's actually written, "I want my money back." You're breaking my heart, Drew. <laughs> Very good. That's my Why favorite. You know? That's my favorite review. Though, to be fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> why you not writing a good song anymore? Um, anyway, um, that's what the critics thought. The album, the album debuted at number one on the US Billboard chart. Number one. It's the biggest album. Number one. Fuck. Fuck me. Equivalent sales in that first week of 221,000 copies. Jesus. Which is mad. The actual sales of it, actual album sales, people who actually bought this record, 166,000 people on its week of release in 2017 bought physical versions of this record. Jesus Christ. The fuck? What? I remember what? You, I remember we've had a conversation before you were saying like oh I don't want like X album on record because I just don't think it really lends itself to the format. I mean this doesn't lend itself to any kind of delivery method. Why would you buy this? This doesn't lend itself to me sort of clicking my fingers on the table in time. To, do you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make sense what I've just said, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. it's rubbish is what <laughs> That's the point we're trying to hammer home here. Yeah. yeah. I can't be bothered, right? It's just rubbish, which we'll, we will get into in yeah. in a minute. Picked at number three on the UK album chart. Um, reached the same position in Holland, Finland, Ireland, Holland, and Japan. It got to number one in Canada and South Korea. Wow. Ooh, they love yeah. boring things over there, don't they? <laughs> got to number two in Belgium, the Czech Republic and Norway. Got to number four in Australia. It was the 21st best-selling album of 2017 in the United States of America. Good God. It's gone platinum in the US. That's a million sales. Gold in the UK. That's 100,000 sales. Twice platinum in Canada. 
160,000 sales. Platinum in France, 100K. Norway, platinum, uh, 220,000, sorry. Not 220,000, 20,000. Sweden, 30,000, platinum. Fucking hell, it's gone platinum in five countries and gold in a load of others. Good God. I, I can't even, as the kids say. Yeah. I can't even, but hey, Sam, you're going to have to. <laughs> Sam, what do you think of memories, like, since you've kept our cards so close to our chest through all of this? <laughs> what do you think of memories, dot, 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 do not open just two by dots. the chain just smokers? The, just the two dots, mate. Um, don't give them the credit. Is it just a two? It's just two. Is it just the two dots? It's memories dot dot do not open. On the Wikipedia page, it says memories dot 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 do not open. Oh, well, on Apple on Music, it's f- dot dot. I, you know what? Hey, Chainsmokers, I'll give you that you, one. If that's on me, Do you know I'll what? On the actual album cover, there's no dot. There's no, there's nothing. It's just memories do not open. Pathetic. No punctuation, nothing. Pathetic. Well, what do I think about this album? Um, I think I'm kind of going to do a bit of a track by track for this. And I think it, you know, it warrants the sales of a classic album, doesn't it? But it's a, it's a classic album Absolutely. of fucking country. Um, so the one, <laughs> I think it's probably my favourite song on the album by virtue of being the first one, uh, which is just a really bland uh, piano led, where is me thing. It is probably mm. the least offensive thing, although uh, Drew, Drew Tagger, I'm going to call him Taggy from now on. Um, his Valley Girl vocal fright is the tag most, most D. The, the big tag. Taggy yeah. Taggles is Valley Girl vocal fry really really fucks me off immediately especially the way he draws the like yeah I know it's pathetic but yeah fuck it I said it it's like oh oh you're odd oh that's not gonna play well with the floating voters is it swearing Andrew swearing <laughs> how could you how could you um should we go back and forth on this as track by yeah track? well yeah. I I like the fact that this starts the whole album says hello I'm sorry yeah. and then just sort of goes Oh God! I'm sorry, oh, but you oh. make me do it, you fucking bitch. That's what the whole album is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I do like that they apologise for what's about to happen on the very first line of the album. Yes. So yes, by virtue of them at least acknowledging that they should be saying sorry, and it being one of the shortest songs on it, it mm. probably is the best one. Yeah. It's probably also the worst one, and it's probably also the middle one because all of them are basically exactly the same, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically, it's a, like, you know, that thing, it's the same song. Just what, how many times is it? 12, 11 times, maybe. 12 yeah. times. Yeah, rubbish. I mean, it gets slightly more upbeat, if you like, yeah. um, on uh, Break Up Every Night. And um, it's her fault that, you know, she's got seven <laughs> different personalities. He checks his pulse and he kind of likes it. She wants to break up with him every night. And then she tries to fuck him back to life, apparently. What a little fucking goblin this cunt is. What a little goblin you are, mate. Yeah. Just be like, oh, this girl, she's mad, isn't she? She keeps breaking up with me. Oh, I haven't done anything. And then she has loads of sex with me. And I'm like, all right, I'll let you off. You, it's you, mate. It's you. Mm. The line uh, at the end of that chorus. So yeah, the, the, the final three lines. Uh, she wants to break up every night and then tries to fuck me back to life. How can I help it if I like the way she makes me feel it? Um, this song uh, is an absolutely repulsive track. You could castrate uh, yourself. You could do that. You could do that. You could do, couldn't you? Yeah, you could do that. Chemical th- castration. Uh, I, I think good? I'd prefer like literal castration, ideally with some kind of rusted implement. First Venom Prison album. Yeah, just put his yeah, put his head on the front cover of that. Yeah, definitely. that might work. I mean, look, I'd have been up for that. I'd been up for it's, that. It'd be, yeah, it'd be, it's worth a go. Is what uh, I would say. 
But yeah, um, quite a succinct one on this one because basically my note for this is that I've got the chorus written down and then I've put uh, an absolutely repulsive track and about uh, an abusive relationship soundtrack to an even more languid version of The Race by Yellow. Yes, yeah. there is a touch of it. I mean, core cool, that is horrible to think. That it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, very, very bad. Um, Bloodstream, I mean, the thing uh, is, I'll, I'll go on. Go on. Well, I was going to say, yeah, Bloodstream, I don't re- remember what it sounds like. But I do know at the start he goes, "Oh, I was fucked up last night." Uh, like, the, oh, the, God, opening, a, the opening, line is, I, artist. <laughs> the opening line is, "I've been drunk three times this week," and that's another highlight of the album because it makes me think, "How many have you had this week?" Hmm. If you're counting, <laughs> if you're that's counting, like, yeah. Um, the yeah. Chor- <laughs> chorus of this one again. To be honest, because there's so little to say about how fucking interminably bland all of the music is on this album, I've basically just written down a load of the lyrics, and I'm like, uh, I'm going to tell you why I hate them. So the chorus for this one is, "I'm fucked up, I'm faded." You're not, mate. Uh, I'm so complicated. You're definitely fucking definitely not complicated, not. mate. You are the most kind of one-dimensional cunt I've heard on an album in a very long time. Uh, those things that I said, they were so overrated, but I, yeah, I meant it. Oh, yeah, I, I really fucking meant it. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You don't mean anything that you do because you've got to assuage your fucking market share. Cunt. Yeah, uh, terrible, terrible. Then Emily Warren, who I'm not familiar with, turns up on Don't Say, and yep. it's the same fucking lame electro shit. Yep. But she says, don't say it, don't say you're human. Yep. And I'm like, I'm, presumably you've written, they've written these words for her, which well, I'll come back to again in a little bit. I was going to say for all of the uh, female um, guest stars on this, uh, it's definitely the words that have been put in their mouth to be like, hey, look, yep. the women think I'm cool. They think I'm all right, actually. All of my sordid little misgivings, they think it's cool. They really like it. And they really want to shag me, not because I'm paying them. They can see what a troubled individual I am, but they just can't resist my magnetism and my mm. charm and the fact that I'm so beautiful and brilliant. Mm. Yeah. But... I am really messed up and they see that, but they just want, but they're right to want to help me. Mate, fuck off. I mean, my favourite thing Please. about my favourite thing lyrically about this one is they just don't say, don't say human, which I think it makes sense to me that they don't want to have anything to do with humans because, you know, Jeff Bezos, the ultimate venture capitalist bro, <laughs> he wants to fully automate the Amazon workforce. So I can see, you know, they're up for it. Aim high, respect the hustle. Yeah, very good. Yep. Uh, Chris Martin, we've mentioned, rocks up on something just like this, sounding oh. as if he's just woken up from a coma and they've got stuck a <laughs> microphone. He sort of goes, oh, something like this. No, uh, no, 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 Steve, what he says, verse one, I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Hercules and his gifts. Now, I am not going to slag off Chris Martin for this one. I am but not as much as I'll slag off the other, the, the chain smokers, because I am glad to see that he's wanting to uh, expand his literary horizons. That's something I think we can all get behind. I think that's absolutely fine. I'm not sure he's really got a full grasp in terms of his comprehension, however, because Achilles usually referred to in terms of the Achilles heel, you know, the metaphor for uh, vulnerability, even in spite of yep. an insurmountable amount of strength. We all know what that is. Um, as far as I'm aware, and I'm not a scholar, so hey, Chris Martin, maybe I need to do a bit of reading as well. The only time... Um, there's been a story involving Achilles and any amount of gold was his rejection of the wealth offered by the Mycenaean king Agamemnon to rejoin the war effort. So you might want to go back and reread that. But, you know, he's, he's read these bits. You know, he's read about Achilles and his gold and he's read about Hercules. I think well, presumably he's going to go a bit further. He's in the early stages. That's fine. Maybe you'll go and read about the fall of Troy a bit more thoroughly. Maybe read Homer's Iliad. Oh, no. Um, Spider-Man's control and Batman with his fists. All the legends. All the legends. <laughs> I mean, I'll give him that. He's understood that. Do you think, you think the Chainsmokers did that? Do you think the Chainsmokers did, did So I've got this first bit of the verse, and they went, 
ah, uh, yeah, what about Batman? That. And they went, no, he, no, well, it's not really the same. Spider-Man's not really like Achilles. Uh, it's not really the same thing. No. He's like, oh, he's the one from 300, isn't he? No, <laughs> no, no. Like Thor. No, it's not like Thor. Well, we'll we're going to put it in anyway. Yeah. We're, we're just going to put the, the Batman stuff in anyway. And Chris Martin sort of went, okay. I mean, I will anyway. say, Batman and his fists, I think, actually is fair enough. Because Batman's always portrayed as uh, the world's greatest detective. But more often than not, he does resolve things with a punch-up. So, okay. All right, Chris Martin. Mm. You've, 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 mm. you've tried. Got a lot of lot of stuff on kind of ancient mythology there, haven't we? Yeah, um, absolutely. Going into the Siege of Thermopylae. Your move, every other music podcast. God, all you do is talk about fucking riffs, you pricks. We're talking about theology. You think you're better than us? No. Give us a good rating on Amazon. Yeah. Give us a good rating on Spotify. Give us a good rating on Apple Music. Say, bloody hell, these guys are proper scholars. Yeah. They're well read. Not like all you other music podcasts going, oh, what, what do you think about the new Marilyn Manson? Bad, isn't it? Bad about Marilyn Manson. No, we're, <laughs> this is highbrow. This is art, what we're doing right here. Big this time. is, uh, we should be on the culture show, <laughs> if that's still a thing. We should be on the, we should rebrand the South Bank show, True Crap Pop, and we should do it late night on BBC Four. Definitely. Well, Kermit and Mayo don't do it anymore, so yeah. there's a slot open take, on Radio t- 5. T- yeah, take that pop collaborate and listen. <laughs> take your your move, Dave and Krista. Yeah, yeah. let's see. You can do it. Mm, see well. if you can uh, bring some Freud into your next chat about, I don't know, Shakazimus <laughs> and Pliers. <laughs> Emily Warren's back on my type. Yeah, and poor thing. I don't really feel like she can actually like these cunts. She goes... Um, Oh, you call me at night. I hate you. You treat me like shit. But again, because the Chainsmokers wrote the lyrics, she also has to go, but you're just my type. No, you're I, I love so you anyway. my type. Yeah. I love you anyway. Despite the fact that you are a irredeemably awful human being. And she and I've won't mention that. the fact that he's never sober. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I hope she got paid very well to be on this song, to act like these two utter fucking dweebs are these irresistible, hot, bastards a, a horrible song I, a I, horrible horrible song i hope Hateful. she was able to buy some really expensive shower gel to wash off the shame and the same goes for luan on it won't kill you which i think musically actually mm-hmm. might be my least favorite like anyone who's listened to any of the various podcasts under the true cult pop banner that i have been on will know i have a proclivity for <coughs> noisy scabrous quite horrible music but there's some <laughs> synthesized tones in this that are just so so horrible they really get under my skin because they just sound so cheap and they're made to be the big like drop at the party it's absolutely fucking awful i yeah it's, 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 it's another one a, i hate obviously obviously mm. it's another one i'd hate it's an enabling uh, an alcoholic song yeah. basically isn't it? it's going oh you're she's she's saying dance me it won't kill you one mm. for the road it yeah. won't kill you it's like oh she's the one who makes me drink Go away. Yeah. Go away. Uh, Paris done that rubbish. Oh, well, Paris. Oh, you oh, want to say about that, don't you? I want to go into a bit further. Yeah, the chorus. If we do go down, then we go down together. They'll say that you could do anything. They'll say that I was clever. The whole song is, see, I am clever. I've read all those books about the Spartans and about fucking <laughs> Batman, haven't I? I've read Crisis on Infinite Earths, but I've also read fucking Sigmund Freud's analysis of the human condition. Uh, and actually, I am really clever and everyone likes me. And that's it. And you can't say anything. I'm really cool. 
That's the whole song. I fuck it. Your parents don't respect me. We'll go. Right, that's it. We go to Paris. Mom, mom, yeah. mom. I'm going out of school. I want to go to Paris. Mom, she's like, <laughs> Paris. Like, mom, mom. Oh, God, you fucking horrible cunt. Um, but at least honest, he's another Wolverine comics, so it's fine. That's good. Yeah. Honest is another boring one. He says, I know I keep feeling these feelings. To, I, I know I keep these feelings to myself. Mm. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You've just spent 40 minutes. Going on and on and on and on. And this whole album is about what a broken, tragic character you are. Mm. Even though you're the most incredibly boring human being ever. You're trying to... You're not Tom Waits, mate. Oh, God. I, I got real problems, but I don't talk about them. Apart from in my multi-platinum selling album on every single track where mm. I talk about what a fucked up geezer I am. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I don't like them. It's incredible that, yeah, as you say, you spent this entire album talking about how ruddy irresistible he is, but yeah, it's really difficult. Um, <laughs> I just think, how irresistible can you be that you're so charmless that when you deliver the line that's meant to be about this song, about this inner turmoil, the so I'm being honest, it doesn't scan as ironic or seedy or deceitful because it's so fucking drab. It is delivered with all the conviction of a man who has just found out that his local fish and chip van has been busted for cocaine possession. <laughs> it is oh what what I never knew that I never knew that is the song <laughs> yeah it is um, I mean I fucking get through all of this basically all the same thing. waking up alone is about I don't I don't need money or some shite <laughs> I like, don't need cars do. I don't need clothes forget that money yeah because uh, if I go home all on my own I ain't worth nothing I mean the whole song is oh it's not easy being super rich you know actually but like I bet you wouldn't even love me if I didn't have all these expensive accoutrements and stuff but like I, no, I, I do so actually you are going to sleep with me because I wrote these lyrics that say that you're going to sleep with me right the musical yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is man with no redeeming qualities, but loads of money gets annoyed that people only like him for his money. Yeah, <laughs> the, the only reason they want people only like you for your money is because you are a thoroughly irredeemable, dislikable human being. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, buy me a watch if you want, mm. and I'll hang out with you for ten minutes and then tell all my real friends how much of a, how much I hate you. Yeah, but God. God. Uh, Young is actually really good. I really like Young. Nah, not nah, really. Of course not. Of course not. It was acoustic bullshit. Yeah. Acoustic bullshit rubbish. And uh, I mean, I don't have anything to say about the last two songs, really. I basically checked out at this point. Young and Last Day Alive. I wish it was your fucking Last Day Alive. You made yeah. four more yeah. albums after this, you pricks. But um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of bits to say on Young. The chorus is, uh, we, we both know I go too far like when I wreck your car. Now, I would say that wrecking someone's car is going too far. Yes. It uh, is, yeah. It does feel mm. like he's highly underplaying the incident, however. So semantically, Andrew Taggart, and literally, I can't fault your logic there, but come on, mate. He then goes on to, and almost fought your father when he pushed me in the yard. You fucking wet wipe. That is <laughs> that is Matt Bellamy on that fucking news album we had to talk about. He's going, don't push me. It's like, you think you sound really hard, but you sound like you're trying to avoid being stuffed in a locker, you fucking little pussy. Um, Why <laughs> would someone's father push a man as sensitive and as deep and as caring yet fragile as Andrew Drew Alexander Taggart or whatever his fucking Morse. name is. Why, why would you do? Why would you do that? It just, it's got to be in the right there, isn't he? It seems massively unfair. I mean, all he did was crash the car. He just crashed the car and then went. It's only a car. Yeah, and she went. I've yeah, actually, 10. my family, my family aren't 
you know, yeah. my dad wasn't an arms dealer like your dad. <laughs> yeah. He lives in Beverly Hills. And, like, yeah. anyway. um, oh, sorry, just the last couple of bits of the chorus here. Uh, they've got, and all those nights we snuck out to meet, like to meet up at the bar. Um, if you're as young as the song's content is implying, I think that local licensing needs to have a word with the landlord about this. Uh, a hefty fine for serving <laughs> underage patrons. It all, then also goes on to the, fi- the, the final little bit of the chorus is, don't worry, my love, we're learning to love, but it's hard when you're young. If the cadence on this was any different and it was, it's hard when you're young, you could read this as a very different message. And I'm not saying that either member of the chain smokers has a proclivity for underage girls. Mm. But I'm also not not saying that. Yeah. And then, yeah, last I mean, day, last day alive. I've got nothing to say on apart from it, it says uh, in the first verse. He says, "Like I feel alive and dangerous. You're dangerous. We're dangerous. I think you lot would only be dangerous on a fucking ward for the recently concussed, mate." <laughs> yeah, I mean, this basically all sounds the same, and is full of the most desperate attempts to come across as deep, meaningful, hurt, and sensitive mm. when it is nothing. It is literally nothing. It is hateful, self-obsessed shite. It is, uh, do you know, I, I don't know, you probably don't watch this and I'm not particularly happy with myself that I do watch it, but I did watch the recent series of Married at First Sight UK. Oh, don't God. know if you watched. I've right? seen trailers it, for that, mate, and that's enough. And it really reminds, this album reminds me of, if you've watched it, there was a guy on it called Brad, who was a model and he was a very, very good looking guy. But he basically, you know, married this girl on first sight and then told her how much he loved her and then started going like, you know, babe, actually, like, the, the universe has plans for me. Like, the universe is my, my true love. And, you know, like, like I, you know, I believe in spirituality and I believe in the universe and I believe in the, in the, the, the part. And it was like, I would want someone to go, what, what, what do you mean the universe? What exactly do you mean by that? Oh, well, you know, like a kind of higher like, thing, like, you know, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't, no, no, I wouldn't. I, no, I don't understand. I don't understand. Tell me. To explain to me what you mean. Well, like the universe, I, I, I give myself up for the universe and the universe, and you don't understand, and you will never be my priority over the universe. Right, okay, well, but how does that on a sort of day-to-day level manifest itself with the way in which you behave and the way that you treat the actual people that you actually come into actual contact with? Well, you know, I just have to do what I feel the universe is telling me on my part. And it's like, it's this fucking thick people, pseudo-intellectual mm bullshit nonsense that they can't explain they don't know they just stand on a beach on one foot with their hands together in the prayer position with their eyes closed as the sun goes down and then and they they go oh i'm really deep i am i'm re- you don't understand me i'm really deep and then treat people like absolute shit and that guy I don't, many of you w- won't have seen married at first sight uk and i wouldn't necessarily rem- rem- recommend it to you but that cunt brad off that he is this album made flesh mm. like he is the it is the worst kind of meaningless self-obsessed pseudo intellectual fucking nonsense i i i hate this on a kind of on a nuclear level i hate this on an almost pathological level like i i i i, I feel like i need to go out into my garden and just kick my own fence down after listening to it. I just feel like I have so much sort of like 
bubbling hatred in my, I listened to this just, <laughs> I made some notes and then I listened to it and I made the notes on the album and we started recording straight away. And I have this like bubbling feeling in my stomach that I just want to go out into the street and punch the first person I see because I have no faith in humanity anymore that this is a multi-platinum selling album. It is so insanely, insanely, insidiously like it's not just that it's boring it's not just that it's badly made it's just not just the songs it is just oh god it just loves itself so much and i i fucking hate it i fucking hate it so much yeah i hate this the uh as i have already revealed i've listened to this album several times than you uh the only thing that got me through steve um and I'll just do this a little wrap-up, light-hearted wrap-up before we get to the ranking. <laughs> I decided, given the nature of the, the Chainsmokers, um, for every song to choose what kind of uh, advert or bit of TV it would be used to soundtrack. So I'm just going to go through them. You can see if you agree, uh, agree with me on oh, this. Oh, nice. So uh, the one I think would be a Marks and Spencer's advert, probably around Bonfire Night. I think it would work quite well for that. Uh, Break Up Every Night is the season finale of The X Factor and or Love Island for the big montage leading up to the winner announcement. Oh, yeah. That yeah. that tested very well within our focus group that we did to see you know like what changes we can make to the album to make Neil- it more kind of yeah yeah nielsen sound scan we're loving it absolutely yeah uh bloodstream would soundtrack the emotional climax of a cheaply made uh, and cheaply produced drama that got a mediocre reception that ultimately doesn't get a second series the shits um don't say featuring emily warren that's definitely an iphone launch trailer definitely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh the something like this the Chainsmokers and coldplay uh season finale of a reality uh, reality tv show again so whether uh, X Factor of All Love Island go for the other one They the other one can have this one because it works for that okay yeah that uh, makes sense so, it's uh, like d- the voice yeah share and share X-Factor. alike yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. my type I think is Boots advert uh, for sexual well-being products um, it, <laughs> it Won't Kill You would either be a second iPhone launch trainer or like an energy drink advert presented in the style of perfume so Prime or something like that uh, Paris obviously going to be EasyJet British Airways Ryanair your flight provider of choice or whatever uh, they'd use that as the bedding for an advert where some kind of John Cooper Clark knockoff cunt does a bad poem about going to Benidorm so we'll have that uh, honest I think it would be good in a kind of an all right teen drama in Channel 4 and it might actually work uh, if they could secure the rights to an instrumental only version of the track uh, Wake Up Alone is music for an O2 advert uh, but at least Ralph Innocent will do uh, you know the voiceover to liven up proceedings because yeah. we bloody love Chris Finch he's a bloody good rep um, Young would be the act 2 to 3 sequence of like the second in between his film or something else tragic like an American Pie reboot and then uh, Last Day Alive is John Lewis Christmas advert. Mm. Yeah. I'd also like to add in that, you know, because we spoke about it before, that Selfie uh, would be the soundtrack to uh, a scene in a torture, f- in a kind of hostile sort style. Yeah. Uh, yeah, torture porn thing where they uh, cut up a, 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 an underage girl and, and eat her flesh. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. And weirdly, having listened to this, <laughs> it almost made me pine for the chain smokers of Selfie. I think that's the most, I can't pay a, a lower compliment than that. That I actually went, do you know what? You were better when you were just kind of openly horrible, mm. dumb, frat boy assholes. At least it felt a bit more honest. Do you know what I mean? At least yeah. it was just going, we're, we're thick, dunderheaded, nasty, obnoxious little ch- sort of chad wankers. Mm. Whereas this... It, it it feels even it's even more boring it's even more badly conceived and put together 
and it feels a million times less honest than that song so i would take selfie which i think is about on par with blurred lines by robin thick in terms of how much i want to listen to it again mm. i would i would probably have that over anything on this album which i i think is a spectacular achievement from the chain smokers to start so low and to dig a hole basically kind of beyond the center of the planet earth right into the like your the hole you've dug yourself is so fucking deep you're basically going to be kind of crushed by molten lava any second now it is I unbelievable like mole man all that that or mole man hands mole man i'd rather see them uh, yeah ripped apart by yeah. hands mole man just to give you a little bit of aftermath they have released four more albums in the aftermath since this one the latest one came out this year doesn't even have a wikipedia page and if there is a happy ending to this podcast consider it to be this the last one that does actually have a wikipedia page came out in 2022 it's called so far so good and it peaked at number 106 on the u.s billboard chart that is <sighs> from <a> number one <laughs> to number 106 in five years you love to see it the one that came out before in 2019 peaked at number 65 and they went oh we're going on a hiatus for a while and they could only manage to go on a hiatus for a year before they tried to come back and when they came back having dropped like within literally within two years they went from having a number one album two years later it got to number 65 so like well we'll go on a hiatus then mm. you know that that's part of our marketing strategy you know like breakups <laughs> and stuff no no mate you have to a be a well-liked band and mm. b go on hiatus for a long amount of time so people can miss you so you can come back you can't have a hiatus for a fucking year and be like hey guys we're back oh you like us even less <laughs> good 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 yeah. good and the new one doesn't even have its own wikipedia page it's all gone to shit for the chain smokers thank god and i am here for it i love it yeah now we have to rank this absolute nightmare of a record we have to rank it and i think it's gotta go pretty high sam oh definitely. i think it's i think I'm going to say this right now. I think it's at least worse than Paula yes. by Robin Thicke. Right now, Paula by Robin Thicke is maybe the most embarrassing album I've ever heard. In terms of someone going, oh, mate, you are just basically walking into a town square, flopping your cock out and you've written your ex-wife's name on it and you've got someone to film it and go take me back right it's turned like, the wings against us <laughs> yeah it is fathers for justice the album do you know what i mean yes it is it really is. really but i think musically at least even though it utterly fucking destroyed robin thick's career the thing is, is that you know it destroyed robin thick's career and it's really embarrassing so on one hand you go well this didn't do that because it got to number one and da, da, da. but i think paula is a better record than this I think it is actually a better record than this. Mm. So there's a little gap of them there. I, I, where I'd cut it off probably would be Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor, which is just horrendous. Yeah. On, in, on every conceivable level, horrendous. But there's that little run there, and I think it needs to go somewhere around. Double Wide Bunkle Cracker, Methods of Mayhem, 
and Paula by Robin Thicke. That's my initial thought on it. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, to be honest, my initial thought was it needs to go under Blood on the Dance Floor. So I think this needs to be number wow. six. Because so, uh, I, I do agree that, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Paula is embarrassing and really seedy and horrible. Methods of Mayhem and Uncle Cracker are both appalling in terms of their attitudes to women. But musically, I would take them over this. And that is the only way that I can decide on that. And then, yeah, when you get to Blood on the Dance Floor and Broken Side, I mean, that's just like people actually talking about sexual assault like in fairly explicit detail and trying to masquerade it as being edgy. So I think this should go between Blood on the Dance Floor and Uncle Cracker, which would make it the sixth worst album of all time. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Um, do you have any... Oh, I was going to say, do you have any reservations to that? I mean, I know you like well, that one song of the Methods of Mayhem album. There's one song of the Methods of Mayhem album that I quite like, which is one more than there is on this one. Yeah. Uncle Cracker Double Wide, I think, is kind of grotty, and he's grotty as well. Mm. But in terms of the actual music, this is far more grotty. And I think, actually, the success of this record... Although you could go, ah, oh, well, the context of Paula, it fucking destroyed his family life, it destroyed his career, it destroyed everything. It was a, the, one of the biggest flops of all time ever, ever, ever after him being so successful. The fact that this actually was kind of a, a hit possibly makes it worse. And I do think, you know, I look at those other people, and I don't think Uncle Crack is a, a great artist or whatever, but no. <laughs> he was in Kid Rock's band. You know, at least he's a musician. Methods of Mayhem, you know, Tommy Lee shouldn't be doing rap he can drum and there are other people on it that are they you you couldn't you wouldn't go Stephen perkins and george clinton snoop dogg snop Duke aren't actual musicians do you know what i mean and robin thick has had stuff out in the past where you go okay like he was sort of well respected the chain smokers just turn up and they are the, the, you know the like two venture say, capitalists with laptops. That's all they are. They're yeah, not musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are a corporate uh, fundraising event. Yeah. They, they are without any... They they have no merit whatsoever. No. The fact that their first song was so bad, and I probably would... If that, if we were doing it in singles, you know, this would probably... This would probably still get in the top 20. Selfie would probably still get in the top 20. Mm. It, is, it is dreadful. It is dreadful and it is horrible. And... Yet, this somehow manages to be worse. I think for that alone, you have to kind of go, yeah, we need to take a stand against how fucking awful this... Like, I, I don't even want to call them a band. I don't even want to call them a band. They are they are the absolute bottom of the barrel. Unbelievable. Um, Speaking of the bottom so of the barrel, go. I can see you've pulled out another name. Well, mate, this is actually a bit of a problem oh, no. that we've got here. It's not A&B because again, is it? <laughs> dirty den <laughs> no um it's i've not... picked out an album that we have recently done on our patreon page oh no so i'm not sure we can do this i might have to just upload me and gaz talking about it. i'm not sure because it's aquarium by aqua oh ooh, so do you know what i might put this back and yeah. pick something else out because i think we should else, do yeah. it as a true crap pop rather than just me and gaz remember you know remind rem, remember remember the 90s that's what it was <laughs> with me and gaz doing it so we'll do a different type of podcast but i think it's a little bit too uh too the soon reason. after the event for us so i'm, I'm i've never done that before let's I am make put that, that back. the next one so we'll do whatever this is going to be and then we'll go back to aquarium because that will be in the new year no i think we need to leave it longer than that oh fine Oh, fuck me. Oh, okay, yeah. so this was... 
Oh no, this would if we'd have done this a, like six months ago, this might have been funny. But now I'm oh, not no. sure it's going to be that funny. Get him to the Greek infant sorrow. Oh, so that fuck. is Russell Brand's character from Get Him to the Greek, oh, and obviously uh, we all know. Well, I mean, we all knew I mean, in 2006, it, but yeah. Um, okay, which I mean is an album that is designed to have been a bad album, and it is a kind of fictional album. So, are you saying you we'll, don't want to do that, and you want to do something else? I wanted. To, can I? Can I have Aquarium by Aquabat, please? <laughs> um, no, we get, we will do that because I think uh, it's added an extra layer of not that funny context to that record, I suppose. But then it is. It's all in character. Oh God, we'll get into it. That'll be a fun. That'll be, be, sure that, be it? Yes. A bit, that'll be a fun thing to do. All right. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, guys. Hey, this might be the angriest podcast we've done in a really long time. It's the angriest I've been on a podcast, I think, since we did that sports team album last year. I mean, sports team are—I oh, would say, given sports team forty times better than the than the Chainsmokers. Although apparently, Fort, forty-five times better. But then, apparently, according to Pitchfork, Memories Do Not Open is over twice as good as the Fragile. So, yeah, that's not good, is it? That's no fun for anyone. No, oh. I might go put the Fragile on to calm down. Yeah. Yeah, you should do that. Uh, all right, thanks very much for listening, guys. Don't know when we'll be back. Probably be in the new year, I would imagine, or maybe we'll get one out just before Christmas. But when I think we had a sort of fun Christmas one last year, and we did Cliff. We can't really have a fun Christmas one and be like, ah, Russell Brand. Oh. I mean, Cliff has got a new album out, hasn't he? We could do Cliff. We could we, do every year. And your He'll tradition, do it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. We'll, maybe we'll 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 park Infant Sorrow for the new year. And we'll do a special Cliff um, podcast for you. Because I, I know you'd like that. You'd all like that, wouldn't I you? I think we'd like that. And we'd like it as yeah. well. We'd certainly like it more than talking about it getting to the Greek. So uh, see you later, everyone. Thanks very much. See you later, Sam. Bye. Have a nice day. Yes, Have a good one. We'll Andy. see you next time. Bye. Bye.